Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to session number eight of the Trailer Music Composers podcast. Let's get this party started. One man with one microphone whose favorite actor of all time is Jim Carrey. Welcome to the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Trailer Music Composers Podcast. Now in this session, I want to cover this false problem. I suffered from this extension of lack of confidence. This one. My samples aren't good enough, or, same thing really, I can't afford all these big sample libraries. Now, the wonderful thing about this is I'm looking back on this from a place of hindsight. So I'm going to give you the way I approached it, which, you know, I obviously don't advocate because, you know, uh, well, I'll explain, and then I will give you my view now, okay? So here we go. Uh, When I started out, I actually lost jobs because my samples weren't good enough. Um, And what I mean by that is I've recorded a piece of music and then the uh, music supervisor came back to me and said, Rich, your samples sound like a keyboard. Uh, Can we swap them out for anything good? And I was like, well, if you can pay me in advance so I can get better libraries, then yes. Now... That panned out, I lost the jobs, uh, because I obviously they didn't pay me in advance, because, you know, obviously they were tight on budget. Um, and my way of writing changed, uh, until <laughs> I had a friend who could get me crack copies of all of the big libraries, uh, in which case, I still wasn't able to make those big, uh, those sample libraries sound any good. Um, and that was the first hint that this actually isn't a problem. Um, at that stage, maybe it was my writing that was the problem. I was writing in a in a in an inappropriate manner, and I don't mean you know swearing and drunk. I mean that you know actually the way I was writing for samples wasn't getting the best out of the samples. And this is something that I I, I speak to my students about. You know, actually, we're not doing mock-ups here. What we're producing is finished pieces of music. So if our finished pieces of music don't sound good because we're writing like a mock-up, then it's going to sound rubbish, or at least not good, full stop. So for those of you who are not sure what I mean when I say mock-up, a mock-up is kind of like... They were more common uh, years ago, but uh, less common so now um, because samples have come along so much. A mock-up is a case of, like, a a production company has a budget for a film score. Say they've got a 50 grand budget. uh, But they obviously want to hear what your music's going to sound like first before they give you the 50 grand to go record it. So what they do there is they say, can you give us mock-ups? And mock-ups are, like, the sample library equivalent of what was going to happen. So you'd orchestrate it and write it as if you were going to hand it to an orchestra in recording. 
Now, the problem there is the mock-ups always sounded like MIDI mock-ups. Uh, they sounded like keyboards doing these awkward runs and uh, awkward articulations that just didn't sound any good in practice. Yeah, obviously, mock-ups these days sound a, a hell of a lot better. Uh, but that's what a mock-up is. So say you have a brass library, right? Uh, maybe your brass library is east-west. And you can't get your east-west brass library to sound good and sound natural in a sort of a choral brass way. They're very harsh-sounding samples. I'm just I'm talking as an example here, not actually giving my opinion on east-west samples. Um, they sound harsh, and, and when they go in legato phrases, they sound stunted and awkward. But those samples, when played like pads actually sound pretty good. But you refused to write like that. You wanted a legato phrase, so you put in a legato phrase. But what you're missing is, oh, the legato phrase actually sounds terrible because of the samples. So you're not actually writing in a way that's indicative of getting the most out of your samples. I mean, these days you can get some fantastic articulations actually for a, you know, a bargainous price. You know, sample libraries when I first started out were hugely expensive. Uh, and they still are expensive, um, but by no means uh, not as expensive as they were. So again, I've done my usual. I've gone off on a tangent. So returning back to the initial problem, my sample libraries weren't good enough. So I got crack copies of loads of libraries and realized that actually they, they still didn't sound that great. Um, and this is where I can give you my advice now. You're having that problem of, oh, you know what, I can't afford these big libraries. Or, you know, oh, I, just, I, I just can't, I just don't have the money to set aside to buy this massive string library. And you go, okay, well, maybe I approach it in two different ways. So maybe I go, you know what, Rich is always harping on about... Um, creating my own sound so how can I create my own sound how can I get a string sound for less money and one of the ways I approached it was I got my friend Hannah who played violin to come and essentially help me create my first sample library she played a, an A minor scale and I used those as pads and because it was a real violin it gave my music a quality that me using a sample library would not have done. And this, you know, comes into play with when you're buying big libraries, you know, especially the big sort of trailer composer libraries. Be careful when you use those because your music's going to start to sound like everybody else if you're not careful. I mean, they're amazing if you, want, if you want to produce a certain type of sound. They are amazing. The quality of samples and things is phenomenal. But just be wary that actually buying that next big sample library isn't going to solve your issues. And, you know, this is the problem with Black Friday, and I'm sure every other composer can attest to this. How many times has it come to Black Friday with, or if not Black Friday, we've just forked out a ton of money on libraries and then never used them? Because we're trying to buy something that's not a library. So, for instance, uh, I recently spent probably a thousand pounds on libraries, and I haven't used them. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I haven't used them. Uh, You know, I feel a bit shameful saying that, actually. A thousand pounds on libraries that I haven't used. Um, But that's the thing. 
I wasn't actually buying the sounds because I needed the sounds or because I thought they would help my writing. I was buying the idea that the sounds were giving me. And what I mean by that is I mean they were giving me an ideal. They were kind of saying to me, hey, if you buy these libraries, you're going to be just like Thomas Newman. And I was a sucker. (laughs) I was like, hells yeah, I'm going to be Thomas Newman. Bought never used them. In fact, I loaded one of them up, it crashed my computer because it's an old Mac Pro, uh, which is probably why I haven't used it yet. I do intend to use them, guys, just uh, just before you uh, 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 jump in there. Um, but that's the problem. The libraries aren't going to solve your problems. So what I tend to do is this. A little anecdote for those of you who do have money to buy libraries but have a problem with buying too many. When you start a new project, think about the sounds you need. If there is a sound that you need that you're going to use on that project, you buy it and you put it in the template. Because if you do that, then you're going to ensure that you use the sounds. So I did uh, four albums of kind of uh, beautiful cinematic drones and I bought a Spitfire library for it because I thought, actually, you know what, they'd be perfect here. Uh, and I used it all over the library, all over those albums, and I haven't used it since. Because that's the other thing, you know, I, I made sure I got my money's worth, because I put them into the album, but that also then shows you how you're going to use them. Okay? So, you're buying the library, if you have to buy the library, make sure you use it in the project and put it in the template. But I'm digressing again, aren't I? The problem is, I don't have the money to buy the library. And you know what? It's probably a good thing. <laughs> because then, most of the time, they're not going to solve your problems as a creative. They are just going to give you more tools that you're going to struggle to choose from. You know? I mean, honestly, who needs all those articulations? Sometimes I'm just like, come on, guys. I mean, am I really going to use these articulations? I mean, that's the wonderful thing about Spitfire, I think, is that they've a lot of their libraries have honed in on the core articulations that you use. It's just shorts, longs, legato. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I want you to think about that. Why did I want to buy that library? If you want to buy that library because you don't think your piano samples sound good enough, do you know what? Maybe you can just go and create your own piano sample library. Or even... Go get some free ones. There's some amazing free ones. Uh, Christian Henson's piano book. There's some amazing free samples. There are tons of free things that you can get. I mean, for me, the big ones were horns, strings, and drums. They were the ones that I'm still a sucker for. When I say horns, I mean brass. I felt like my samples were never good enough on that front. And actually, now having spent a ton of money on all of those things, uh, I still don't think my strings sound that that convincing. I still don't think my brass sound. I mean, actually, I, I do quite like my brass, but I used my brass specifically for one thing, and one thing only, really, and that's Brahms. Right. Uh, but the thing I, I fall back on when it comes to libraries is is the drums. If you can find a decent drum library. And there's quite a few of them out there, and there's, there's quite a few, there's tons of them. That was the one thing I, I found hard to emulate. But everything else, you can actually emulate yourself. And this is where it comes back to, again, you using this limitation of you not being able to afford these tools, because these tools don't make you the composer. 
you make you the composer, the tools give you more tools. So what I'm trying to say is this. You're sat down at your computer, you have, let's say Cubase, right? No, I'll say Logic, because I don't know what the presets are on Cubase. Um, You have Logic, but you don't have any of those big libraries that you know Richard Schreiber and all the other guys have. Uh, Great, you're actually starting on a positive, because now you can create your own voice, right? You don't need those libraries. And I'm saying this from a point of view where I turn back and look at my career and go, you know what, most of those libraries I didn't need. I still don't need them. I still tell myself this, and I'm very proud of myself not buying anything on Black Friday. Um, Most of the time, you don't need it. And if you really, really need it, you have to really think about how you're going to use it and be meticulous with your thinking about it. Because sometimes, maybe you can approach it differently. And here's the magic. You've just got logic. You've just got the stuff that comes with logic, but you want to do trailer music. How am I going to do those trailer drums? How am I going to do this trailer brahms? How am I going to get good strings? Okay, so here's the trick. Don't. (laughs) Create your own sounds. Uh, I don't know, Christian Henson is a massive advocate for this, and I'm very, uh, you know, I love hearing him talk about it because I completely agree. If you have a sampler, which you do in Logic, your EXS24, and you have a microphone and you have Logic, you have so much more than so many people had years ago. You have the ability to make your own sounds. You can create booms and rumbles in Logic. Easy. I'm talking about the presets, you know. Just load up a kick, put it through a massive reverb, put it through a low-pass filter in the reverb, and you've got a cinematic boom. (sighs) Wonderful. Okay, well, Rich, okay, there's my boom. What about those massive trailer hits? Well, in my trailer music course, I teach you how to make those massive trailer hits using default logic sounds. Because a massive trailer hit isn't always a massive drum. A massive trailer hit is a broad spectrum hit, which you can create by adding together five sounds. You know, your low booms, your sort of uh, thuddy low tom sounds, uh, which again you've got in logic. Uh, your kind of mid-high toms, the kind of punchy-in-the-face sound, uh, the the crack of the snare, and then the psh of a cymbal. That all happens in an epic hit. And you can do that. You add that all together, boom, and you can create your own hit library, which, admittedly, you can then push to a publisher, and you have a product to sell, as well as you have tools to use. And this is what I do. I create my own sounds. I then use them in my tracks, and then push them to a publisher. Usually Vicar Elephant, because he's my go-to guy. Um, now, there's your first thing. You've got, okay, well, you've sold the epic hits, you've sold the booms and rumbles. What about strings, Rich? Okay, so you've got to think about what strings do, and how you're going to be using strings. Because strings are going to be doing sort of three things, really. They're going to be adding those short staccato sounds, the kind of gritty, crunchy, and the long pads, which imply the kind of cinematic scale, and then soaring top lines and melodies and things. Um, Obviously, if you want to be writing orchestral music, you know, you might have a problem here, but I think, to be honest, most people writing trailer music are quite happy just writing trailer music, because it has a specific sound even if you're going to the hybrid, even if you're going to orchestral, even if you're going to sound design, there's a specific set of tools and sounds that we all use across the board. 
So what you can do is you go, okay, well then, if I'm using, say I'm kind of doing a gritty string, maybe I'll just take some of the library sounds that I get from Logic, and I'll just play with them. And I, mean, I don't mean play with them like, yay, playing the keyboard. I mean, chuck them through some effects. Put them in a compressor, put them into an 8-bit processor, put them into a whole reverb, see what that sounds like. Eventually, you'll stumble upon a sound you like. Save it as a preset. Then you have your short strings. And you do that, and you gradually build your own articulations up. And what you're doing is you're creating your own sonic vocabulary. And then what will happen is you can then start to pitch this to publishers, and they can be like, hey, great, this is great, you all get some placements, and people will start to be like, hey, I love that sound, how did you get that sound? And you'll be like, <laughs> funny you should say. <laughs> And that's the beauty of it. If you must buy a library, I would probably say a good drum library is the most important one. Because, to be honest, it's quite hard to emulate things like Tycho's. Oh, you can, it can be done, but it's quite hard. Uh, if you've got the time and the patience to do it, great, go for it. The best thing I've found so far is... Um, so here in England, we obviously, everywhere in the world, most places in the world have rubbish bins for the houses. Uh, we used to have these kind of, they're kind of like rubber, uh, black cylindrical bins. If you whack that with a soft-headed timpani stick, it's a very convincing Tyco. So I've done this as well, just gone into the garden and hit all the bins and stuff. And you can actually get some decent sounds. And with a microphone you can start recording your own things. Play them in, quantize them. Play them in, sample them. So there we go, you've got your drums. You can, you can do that using uh, garden stuff. Or even buy a drum. In fact, I found a kick drum in a skip when I lived in Bristol. Great, sampled that. And that's the great thing. Go on your local free cycle or whatever the network is around you where people give stuff away for free. What can you find that has the sonic potential for trailer music? Oh, morning. So you go, okay, you replace the drums, replace the strings. Brass, you can effectively replace brass with synths, which you have in Logic, and guitars, which you have, probably, because most of us are guitarists, let's be honest. If we're not guitarists, we're pianists. And if you have a piano, then great. <laughs> so what I would like to do is I challenge you to this. To remind yourself, you don't need those sample libraries. Find ways to create the sound without them. I know of a couple of composers who, who write in a hybrid style, so it's essentially orchestral writing, but they're using synths instead. Maybe you just dive down into synths and orchestral writing, or maybe you do what I do, which is organic sound design. You sample the instruments you have at hand, played badly or goodly however and you have your own sounds and that is what I think people say when they talk about finding your own voice using your own limitations that are unique to you and capitalizing on them which is what I do I have a violin I have a cello and have a treated acoustic guitar and I use them an awful lot in my tracks Admittedly, yes, I use the drum libraries and string libraries, etc. And those of you who've seen my courses, you'll know I'm a big advocate of Hans Zimmer drums by Spitfire, big advocate of 
the first Albion, which unfortunately I think they replaced with Albion 1, um, which from what I hear from the forums and my students, they are not the same. Well, at least playability, they're not the same. So find that sweet spot where actually can you create your own voice using these sounds. It's kind of like a stomp. You know, they created this amazing show using household objects. And actually, when you hear the stomp drums being played, which are just bins and stuff, they sound like trailer drums. Hence me going out and smacking bins with timpani sticks. So you could replace all of those things with sounds around you. You can replace pads with yourself whistling. You can replace brass with kazoos. Which actually works really good. Also, the, the duck calling ones, you know the ones that sound like ducks? They sound amazing <laughs> when you pitch them down and put them through some distortion. Find ways to play. And we're doing this currently at the Training Music School. We've got a brief that's uh, basically not to use any libraries except drum libraries. I put, I get, they all have drum libraries, so it's not like I was placing any limitations on them, but I was trying to get them to play and find... Because otherwise, if we're all using the same sounds, we're all going to sound the same, we're all writing the same, we're using the same chord progressions, it's going to be very difficult. But if we start exploring, creating our own sounds, then we're kind of doing a double whammy again. We're, we're creating our own voice, and we're potentially even creating our own sample libraries, we're potentially even creating our own sample packs to pitch to publishers. It's a win-win. A huge win, actually. And again, it comes down to getting that creative juice flowing and not stopping. Just recording tons of sounds and playing with them. You don't need those libraries, guys. Um, you know, I've, I'm not saying in every situation you don't need them, because there are situations. If you uh, are asked to write a piece of Tycho music and you don't have a Tycho library, that's the situation I was talking about, which is a positive one, which is where you fork out the money for it and the money will pay for it the the money of the placement so the first library i bought was storm drum because they wanted a stomp sounding not a stomp sorry i've just got a stomp on the brain they wanted a taiko drum sort of war drum thing going on so i forked out the 500 quid or whatever it was for it um back then and uh and i got the 500 back for the placement so i made no money on it but now i had taikos so, well, not just Tycho's, but Storm Drum, which, again, I realised I couldn't use anyway because I didn't know how to write with that stuff. Um, now, I do hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I really do hope that my view is uh, at least giving you some confidence that, actually, you don't need that, those sounds, and you are creative enough to create your own cool stuff, um, and I'd love to hear it as well. Yeah, I'd love to see you in the training music school so you can show me the stuff that you've created with your own limitations. Because you know what? Publishers and trailer houses love weird. <laughs> they love it. If you can give us, you know, that's why there are signature sounds. If you can give a trailer its own unique voice, you're doing something well. So I thank you so much again for taking your time to listen to me ramble. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed it. I do hope it's helping you in your um, aspirations and even just sort of a professional reassurance, really, of me saying all these things. And I hopefully see you in the training at school. Otherwise, uh, leave a review, leave a rating, um, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and uh, I'll see you around, guys. See ya.
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I have something really, really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.